Are you ready, Flyer fans? It's the Anthony Grant Show, presented by Bud Light. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Now here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And the Anthony Grant Show, Monday nights uh, during this uh, Flyer basketball season, which is really heading into a home stretch. Uh, where did the time go? It was uh, beyond the midway point in the Atlantic 10, as Dayton is now 7-3 and three in league play, 15-8 uh, and eight overall, uh, coming off a week of two road games, uh, two challenging road games, and a split uh, 82-52 win at VCU Wednesday, then Saturday the 72-61 loss at St. Louis. Ahead this week, two home games. Wednesday against Duquesne, Saturday afternoon against George Washington. Of course, we'll be talking uh, with the coach about all of that coming up. Uh, former Flyer Dan Christie and a former teammate of Coach Grant is uh, with us here at Frickers tonight. We're going to talk about his Dayton career and what he's got going on these days. But Coach, uh, welcome in this evening. And As I said, uh, two very challenging games last week. Uh, two different outcomes. Uh, the Flyers played extremely well in the win at VCU, did not play as well in falling to St. Louis. Uh, taking a step back, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, we knew it was going to be a challenging week. Obviously, uh, anytime you go on the road against the caliber of competition, you know, that we played, we, you know, we understood the challenge ahead of us. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to come out with two wins. Uh, but like I say, every game, you know, we try to just learn from each each experience and try to get better. You know, hopefully uh, with eight games left, you know, during uh, during the regular season here, we can put ourselves in position uh, where we'll, we'll get one of those top seeds as we head into uh, into March. So we want to be playing our best basketball here down the stretch. There was an incident that occurred at the end of the game on Saturday of which I will not speak because I do not care to have that individual uh, get any more attention than he already received, uh, only to say that um, I, I think it takes away from what was an extremely good game by St. Louis and what would go down as one of their big wins, uh, perhaps in program history, uh, in what they were able to do. Uh, so, But enough about that. I, I want to get back and look at the overall picture of, of Dayton. And, and something I want to talk about from the, your game at VCU uh, and, and you've, you've talked so much about the learning process of, of this team. And, and one of the things that young teams have to do is, is learn about dealing with prosperity uh, and, and playing with a lead. And I thought that Wednesday's game might have been the best example of your team having a lead and then not just protecting it, but growing it. Yeah, you know, the game on Wednesday, you know, obviously BCU was down, you know, their leading scorer and one of their best players. Uh, so, you know, you, you have to obviously understand that. I thought the first uh, 10, 12 minutes or so, you know, the game was actually one or two possessions, I think, tied there for a while. And then, uh, you know, we were able to, to gain momentum going into the half. I thought the last five or six minutes, we kind of took control, built a double-digit lead. And then the two plays in the half gave us the momentum going into the half, I think, put us up 15. And then, you know, in the second half, the first uh, 
10, 12 minutes of the second half, I thought we were able to open up uh, a lead and, and we were able to, uh, to to get a pretty convincing win. Uh, so, you know, it, it was great to be able to do that on the road. Uh, I think it was a, a, a great experience for our guys to to understand, you know, the first time we played them, we felt like we didn't compete at the level that we needed to compete at. And I thought the guys did a better job of, of uh, understanding the challenge this time around and, and meeting that challenge. Do you feel like, especially in that game, that your team played to its defensive identity? I do, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was, it, it was a quick turnaround for us. So, to be honest with you, I haven't had a whole lot of chance to reflect back on, you know, the VCU game in preparation for the St. Louis game. But I thought, you know, that from a scouting standpoint, we understood what we needed to be able to take away from them. Um, and uh, I thought the guys did a good job, uh, whether it was in our full court pressure or on the half court, being able to make it difficult. Well, Dayton now uh, getting uh, back home for a couple games. Of course, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that coming up. But, uh, you know, it, 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 you're in a situation where, you know, it sounds cliche to, be, to, to say you can just take it game by game from here on out. But, but that's the case. I mean, you have the opportunity just to take care of business on an individual basis each time out. And that's the best way you can impact your destiny. Uh, is that some of the message that uh, you're sharing with your players? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Larry. I think that that's really the case. And it, it really is every season. It, it's, it's game by game, you know. And so we, we try to make sure we're focused on that and understand the opportunity in front of us. You know, we're, we're 10 games in. You know, we're in a position right now, I think, where uh, maybe us and VCU are tied to third, you know, in, in the league with, uh, you know, St. Louis moving ahead of us with their win over us on, on Saturday. You know, but a lot of, a lot of basketball left and, you know, the one thing you always want to be able to do, especially as the calendar turns to February, is try to be in control of your destiny. You know, in terms of in terms of what you're you're able to do. Uh, you know, in between the lines, game in and game out. And I feel like at this stage, you know, we're 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 right there. But we've got to make sure that we we prepare and take care of ourselves on a game in and game out basis. It's a time of year where uh, we're, we're just about approaching what I would call the dog days of the college basketball season. What uh, Major League Baseball players experience in August and, and college basketball players, I think it hits them in mid-February. And that is for the, the, the young freshmen that they've played more basketball than they ha- have in a season, uh, just in terms of the number of games. And then just, you know, guys are either – they're either – counting practices or making practices count uh, where is your team right now well i guess we're not we're not in mid-february yet so you know my my approach is is uh, i'm gonna always you know try to continue to move forward and like i said we'll take it one game at a time and our focus right now really is trying to prepare as best we can for duquesne you know and uh they've they've uh, had a rough stretch here where they've lost a few in a row but they've been right there uh, in terms of being in a position to win pretty much every game that they've played. We played them, what was it, maybe three, four weeks ago. Yes, and we were able to come away with a, with a, yeah, come away with a, a you know, convincing win. And the thing we have to understand is, you know, uh, their team has changed, our team has changed. Uh, you know, we both have the benefit of seeing uh, game one, how it unfolded, and what we both need to do to try to prepare for this next game. So, you know, right now for me, it's more about, you know, preparing our guys to go out there and be ready to play their best. Yeah, it's not like they're going to take the score from the first game, put that up, and you start from there for the rematch. That, <laughs> that, be, that yeah. might be nice, but yeah. uh, not, that's not going to happen. No. 
All right. Well, we're going to talk more about that uh, that matchup Wednesday with Duquesne and, and just a, a very brief peek ahead at George Washington on Saturday. And also, uh, former flyer uh, Dan Christie is going to be uh, asking a question of his former teammate when we continue. It is the Anthony Grant Show, and we're live at Frickers on Woodman Drive. <laughs> the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And welcome back here uh, to Frickers, your home of uh, fun, food, sports, and spirits. And The Anthony Grant Show, Monday nights during the Dayton basketball season as the Flyers are back home this week. They've got games on Wednesday against Duquesne, also on Saturday against uh, George Washington. Uh, we always have a, a former player with us uh, here at Frickers as Coach Grant joins us remotely uh, during this uh, COVID time. And uh, tonight we've got uh, Dan Christie, guard out of Oak Harbor, Ohio. Uh, was at Dayton from 83 to 87, correct? Correct. And was a teammate of said Coach Anthony Grant. And I always give these guys an opportunity to ask the coach, coach a question. So, Dan, fire away. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. Hey, Dan. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. So, uh, good, good. good uh, questions. I have uh, not a ton of them. Good questions, but one of the things that surprised me this year is St. Bonaventure. You know, preseason favorite. All these guys came back for their fifth year, senior year. Are you a little surprised on where they've been this season? They seem to be up, down. They're kind of in the middle of the pack. And I, I know you don't watch a lot of other teams, but they've been a bit of a surprise to me in the A10. What's your take? Well, I think a couple of things, Dan. I think it's college basketball, you know, and, and on any given night, anything can happen. I think St. Bonaventure, they went through a pause there um, right before we started A-10 play, you know, and, and you never know how your team's going to react to that disruption. Um, you know, I think they're a team, you know, um, with veteran guys that, that kind of know what they need to do to be successful. They won the league last year. I, I would say right now for them, you know, they've, they've maybe not performed uh, to, to, to everybody else's expectation, but I think them and a, a handful of teams across this league are capable of winning the championship, you know, and I think, um, you know, we've got eight games left. I'm, I'm not sure how many games they have left in the regular season. Uh, they're still in a position where they can put themselves in position to get one of those top four seeds and, and uh, you know, get ready for the, the, the tournament here in, in, uh, in March and make, and make a run, you know. So I, I wouldn't... Uh, we, you never, you never want to, you know, try to make things out to to be worse than they are, or better than they are. I think they're a very talented team. They've got a really, really uh, talented group of players. They're a well-coached team. So uh, I don't think anybody's looking at it and saying that. In terms of when you prepare for them and what you see, that you have to be prepared for, saying that that that's a game that anybody's uh, counting as a as a win or or a team that is not capable of going out and winning the championship. Mm -hmm. One one other quick question for Anthony. You know, I, obviously I watched the point guard play, and I got to tell you, I was really impressed with Collins for St. Louis. Um, how yeah, would you rank yeah. the the point guards in the A10 right now? Yeah, I, I think I, Collins I, I has got to be right right there at the top. I mean, he had composure. He hit shots when he had to hit yeah. shots. He knew when to go, not yeah, to go. Dan, to the I, I, was, I was I was really I was really impressed. You know, obviously our second time playing them. Um, you know, the first time I thought our guys did a pretty good job on him and. He still came away with, I think, nine or ten assists. 
didn't have a great shooting night. You know, the game before we played him, uh, he had like 35 or 36 at Mason, completely controlled the game. You know, I, I think, you know, you look at him, I think he leads the nation in assists um, per game. I think he has, you know, maybe a top three or four assist rate in the country. Um, you know, he makes he makes the guys around him better. I, I would say, in my opinion, he, he's one of the best point guards in the country right now. Uh, like, like you said, I haven't seen everybody. I don't get a chance to watch a lot of teams, uh, you know, across the country play, but you know, I, I think he's right up there with, with the best in the country. And, Coach, uh, you know, going up against a guy like that, and you just, I mean, the week last week you had uh, two very tough road venues, two very good teams that are all vying for that um, <clears throat> that uh, first buy uh, in the A-10 tournament. I mean, it's an opportunity because when you play good teams, you play good players, that's a chance to get better. Yeah, you know, and Larry, we talked about it after the game. You know, for our group, you know, it, it's all learning. You know, the thing I'm trying to get these guys to understand is, you know, when you when you play a team as talented as, as St. Louis, they're, they're playing really good basketball. They're on their home floor. and they got a great environment. You know, there, there's a, a level of, of um, competitive character that you got to be able to reach to win those type of games on the road. You know, and so for our guys, probably this season, um, I would say that's probably the, uh, the the best road environment in terms of the crowd and, and the magnitude of the game that our, our team has been in. So it's all learning, you know, so we've got to be able to understand what's required in games like that. I think we'll we'll play in more of those games this season, and if we want to put ourselves in a position where where we can play for a championship, we're going to have to to make sure that we can play to the standard that we need to uh, every single night, no matter whether it's home or away. When you, when you recruit young men to come to the University of Dayton, I, I'd imagine you 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 tell them that uh, they're they're going to have a bullseye on their back when they put on that flyer uniform, and uh, I think they they've they've seen already this season that uh, Dayton is a lot of people's big games, and that's, hey, that comes to the territory. That's, what, uh, that's why you come to the University of Dayton. That's exactly right. You know, and, and uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about what we want to accomplish you know, and what our goals are and, and, and what we need to be able to do to make that happen. But there's no substitute for experience. You know, and you have to be able to go through uh, you know, games like that, the, the highs and the lows that last week brought us you know, in terms of getting those experiences and going through it. And, uh, you know, I think if, if handled the right way, whether it's a win or a loss, it just serves to, to make you better because you're, you're getting those experiences that it's, it's one thing to talk about them. It's another thing to go through it, you know, and our guys are getting a chance to go through it. Coach, I want to talk a little bit about Duquesne uh, coming in on Wednesday, your second chance uh, to look at them. And, and from my perspective, uh, a very dangerous team because – yeah. They've got dangerous individuals that, yeah. you know, any one of them or a combination of two or three can go off for big games. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, Coach Dan Brock's always done a really good job with this team. And this this team, obviously, like as I mentioned, they've, they've had a rough patch in terms of the results that they've gotten. You know, but in the games that I've seen, they've been right there. They've had a chance just about every game that they've played. Sometimes they've had leads in the first half that they hadn't been able to hold on to or games have gotten away from them down the stretch the last five minutes of games. But uh, he's got a young group uh, that, that's learning uh, a lot like we are, what it takes to be able to, to get those wins. And so we got to make sure that, that we're at our best because I, I certainly got a lot of respect for Coach and his team, and, and uh, we expect them to be playing their best when they come into our building here on Wednesday. 
All right, Coach, uh, one final question. It's, it's, it's off the beaten path, but uh, after the week you had last week, uh, given the challenges of uh, two road trips, all the weather issues, I want to give a shout-out of praise to one of your staff members, Brett Comer, who uh, handles all of the, uh, the travel arrangements for your team. Uh, and uh, I think he's got a, a bright future as a college coach, but right now doing a lot of work behind the scenes that doesn't get much credit and very much praise, yeah. and it comes a whole lot of headaches. No, well, Larry, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, and Brett's a great young man. He's done a, a terrific job in a variety of roles since he's been with us, you know, over the last five years. And, and uh, certainly uh, this year is, a, is his first experience going through the travel and all that stuff. And I think he's doing a terrific job. And, you know, as you mentioned, there, there's a lot that comes with it that's unexpected, you know, in terms of delays and weather and, and uh, you know, uh, postponements and different things that, that you have to be able to handle. And he's doing a terrific job with it. So I appreciate that. Well, I know Dayton fans are excited to have two home games this week. Brett Comer's probably excited to have two <laughs> home games this week. <laughs> but uh, and, and, and Coach, uh, uh, we're looking forward to it as well. Getting back at the UD Arena is always uh, good, and we'll see you on Wednesday when the Flyers take on Duquesne. Sounds good. Sounds All right, good. That, I appreciate it. Go Flyers. All right, Anthony Grant uh, wrapping things up with him. And we're going to continue here, uh, learn more about Dan Christie, his Flyer career, and what's happened since. That's all coming up as we continue the Anthony Grant Show. We're live at Frickers on Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. And welcome back here to Frickers, your home of fun food, sports, and spirits. Anthony Grant show here. This Flyer basketball season is eh, sort of towards the home stretch. Here we are uh, beyond the halfway point of the Atlantic 10 season as uh, Flyers play 18 league games. They're 10 games into it, 7-3 uh, and three in league play, uh, heading uh, into two home games this week against Duquesne on Wednesday at 7 George Washington Sunday at 2. Uh, there will not be an Anthony Grant show next Monday because there will be a game next Monday night at 9 o'clock tip-off uh, at Rhode Island. And, oh, does Larry love those 9 o'clock tip-offs, <laughs> especially on the road. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's the schedule. That's the way it is. And, of course, that was a game that was impacted by COVID that was supposed to have been played back on December 30th and uh, rescheduled now, and the Flyers will play it a week from tonight uh, at Rhode Island, 9 o'clock tip. Well, you heard him earlier when he was talking to uh, Coach Grant, his former teammate, uh, Dan Christie, uh, joining us here. And uh, Dan came out of Oak Harbor, Ohio, came to the University of Dayton and arrived on campus in the fall of 1983. What brought you to UD, Dan? Well, Coach Donner, obviously, and uh, the uh, and I really didn't follow Dayton basketball that much growing up in Northwest Ohio. I was more of a Toledo Rocket fan uh, growing up, but um, you know, Coach Donner is a Toledo guy. He went to Central Catholic there in uh, in Toledo, and uh, you know, uh, Dan Hipsher uh, found out about me through some other high school uh, coaches in Northwest Ohio, and then uh, the the first. Ironically, the first flyer game that I ever watched was my uh, senior year in high school, and they were playing the Toledo Rockets, and they beat them at the UD Arena. It was the first time I'd ever been in the UD Arena. And after that, I was like, I think this is the place for me. And uh, the guys that were there were good guys. You know, I played with Damon Goodwin and uh, Ed Young and 
Chapman for a year and Cedric Tony, and it's just a, a really good group of guys. And uh, so your, your freshman year uh, ends up being a pretty good season, uh, and you end up being a big part of a team that made it to the Elite Eight. Great group, yeah. We got on a run after about halfway through the season. Chap got on a, a great run. Everybody, you know, uh, beating DePaul in the, the arena was a, a, a lot of excitement there too. That kind of propelled us into the tournament and then just a great experience playing uh, out in uh, Utah at the uh, University of Utah in Salt Lake City and winning a couple games out there. And uh, from what we watched back on campus, the campus really enjoyed it because it kind of coincided with St. Patrick's Day and they about burned the university down uh, at that point in time. But uh, then we went, came back and then we went back out to uh, UCLA. Uh, I think we played uh, what Oklahoma and LSU first and then we played Washington and then we got beat by Georgetown in the regional finals out at uh, Poly Pavilion but uh, that was that was a lot of fun it was a good group and had some cool experiences and we were out in California uh, Jim Shields who was my roommate we uh, between games we went down to Santa Monica Beach and we were just walking it and we met Will Chamberlain he was down there playing volleyball and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I went I'm like Jim we got to go introduce ourselves to this guy we'll never see him before and so he was sitting out from playing volleyball and I, I walked over there and I said Wilt he says Mr. Chamberlain I said you are right it is Mr. Chamberlain and so he was just messing with me right there and then and we just had a great conversation he was playing with a bunch of guys from the University of Washington which we just actually beat and he said these guys don't really care for you guys that much so uh, it was it was a pretty cool experience. I remember that season as if it were yesterday because uh, there was, like you say, you caught fire late. And I can recall um, being in Philadelphia, Dayton was 7-7, seven and seven, um, and playing a Temple team that was ranked in the top 20 in the nation. Absolutely. And Coach Donaher decided to go small. He did. And the rest is history. Yep, and he didn't play a lot of guys either. Yeah, there was only about a seven-man rotation. Uh, I would come in for maybe Larry Schellenberg or Cedric or Damon, and we kind of shift around. Jeff Zern would come in and play, and that, that was it. And he really kind of went with that group uh, through the rest of the season and gelled and really – it was a different time too. You know, there's no shot clock at that point in time. I mean, Coach Donner's theory was if, if you're winning and there's five minutes left in the game, you better win that game because we're just going to hold it and we're going to shoot free throws and we're going to make our free throws and – David Goodwin made a lot of free throws. Well, he, I mean, he set uh, a, a school record uh, that eventually was tied by Daryl Davis, but he, he set it of consecutive free throws made, and he did it in the NCAA Absolutely. tournament. Absolutely, yeah. What a great uh, achievement for him. I, he, he got in a groove, and, you know, uh, I'll never forget, uh, you know, Ed Young trying to guard Patrick Ewing. Uh, it was not a winning recipe, but Ed gave it a great effort. And, uh, you know, we were actually there. We were only bound up four at halftime. I think they ended up beating us by maybe 15 or something that range. But it wasn't as if they, they blew us out by 30 yeah. or 40 points. And then they went on to win the national championship yeah. that year. That Dayton looked like it belonged. We did. We did. And, um, you know, clearly Coach Donner's style was very good, and we understood it, and we were patient. And we knew who the guys that needed to shoot, which was Roosevelt. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget my freshman year. Uh, we were in a preseason tournament or preseason scrimmage. And, um, you know, Chap was on my team, thank goodness. And uh, so I come down to a two-on-one break, and I throw around the back pass. Chap grabs it, and he dunks it. I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, that should get the coach's attention. After the scrimmage, Coach Donner comes up and says, never, ever throw around the back pass again. You'll never play here at UD. I'm like, I think I got that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we, we just made a bounce pass after that. But yeah, throw a post pass in the chap and get out of his way. Yeah, so Roosevelt obviously graduated that year. And then um, you guys got back to the tournament the following mm -hmm. year, uh, mm -hmm. lost to Villanova. And uh, that, that core group of guys, uh, you know, did some pretty good things. Oh, absolutely. You know, Dave Colbert came into the picture. Uh, that would be my sophomore year that he transferred in from Cleveland State, and he was a, a junior. And we knew Dave was going to be great just because he played against us every day in practice. And it was just too bad that he wasn't able to play with Chap because he could have taken a lot of pressure off Ed. And if you had Ed, Young, and Colbert, and Chap, that, that's a really good recipe. But, uh, no, we, we really had a nice group of uh, that, that year, too, and we went a long way. And Villanova's beat us in the first round. They went on to win the national championship uh, that year as well. Of course, unfortunately, we lost to Villanova at the arena which was unusual to have a, a home game in the NCAA. I think they may have changed the rules after yeah. that year where you couldn't uh, plan a home game in the first round. But, uh, but yeah, we were right there. We had two shots, two or three shots to, to win it, and uh, we missed them. But uh, Villanova had a great group. You, you, you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but your final year was the first year of the three-point line. Correct. 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 And uh, you took advantage of it. Quite a bit. Well, when coach would let me. <laughs> he was not a real big advocate of letting it go from there. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – and the shot clock was 45 seconds. So that was two things that happened my senior year that were pretty interesting. You had the shot clock come in and you had a three-point line. So the whole, the whole game sped up. Um, and it was more like the shot clock's running down, running down, then shoot it. Okay, well, thank goodness that went in. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of, you never really took a three early in the shot clock uh, in what he was you know, trying to do um, with uh, the offense type stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hit a high percentage that one year. I had one season, one, one percentage and shooting 50% uh, from the three-point lines, not too hateful. And the only guy I did a little bit better was Steve Alford. I think he shot 50.5 and beat me for the, the nation. No, but your your UD record held for held <laughs> a while. I think they put a little asterisk there. No, 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 no. They should. They should. Uh, he's, he's being too modest. Well, um, we're, we're going to talk about uh, life post-basketball and uh, what he's got going on now. Uh, Dan Christie with us. It's the Anthony Grant Show where we continue live from Frickers on Woodman Drive. <laughs> The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And The Anthony Grant Show here on the home of the Flyers is uh, Dayton. A seven and three in the Atlantic 10, uh, sitting in a tie uh, for third place right now with VCU heading into a game a week with two home games uh, Wednesday uh, against Duquesne at seven o'clock and then Saturday afternoon against uh, George Washington at two. Uh, former Flyer Dan Christie with us tonight, uh, a former uh, teammate of Coach Grant, uh, also former teammate of Roy Dollinghouse, the, uh, the MVP of the New Bremen Summer League. <laughs> and uh, I got your text, Roy. <laughs> You would have not led the nation in three-point shooting if you were at the three-point line, Roy. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's, it's <laughs> obvious, like, once a flyer, always a flyer, and the connections uh, run deep. Um, so post-basketball, post what happens to Dan Christie? Well, I, uh, it, well, my undergrad at UD was mechanical engineering technology. So when I left, I uh, 
went and worked at Dayton Power and Light and Engineering Group there uh, for about a year and a half. And then I was going to go get, get a master's and stay in engineering, move up into management at DPNL. But uh, there was, you know, Coach Donaher, there was a changeover, and then Jim O'Brien came in. And um, I knew Jim O'Brien because he was coaching at Wheeling College, and my uncle coached in the same conference as Jim O'Brien at Concord College in southern West Virginia. And so I had that lead-in, uh, and I thought, well, maybe I can go get a, a GA position and work on my master's degree that way, which uh, it happened in uh, th those first two years with uh, Coach O'Brien were, were good years, actually. Um, and then things kind of fell apart after that. But uh, really um, got my master's degree, but I got we got married and I had a few children and uh, college basketball coaching didn't look like the, the future I was going to take. As we talked about earlier, the, the dues you have to pay. Yeah. And it's not a, a financially rewar uh, rewarding as uh, much. But uh, so I ended up uh, getting uh, working for Merrill Lynch in the financial services uh, world for about five years. And then I went and worked at uh, KeyBank and Key Investments and the, the, uh, the financial services there. And then that for about 10 years, and then uh, UBS Financial Services bought our key investment group out in 2009. Um, so I've been with them now for uh, 14 years. And so I think they give me total service like a 24 years as a predecessor company. So I've been at the, in the financial services industry for 30 years, uh, 24 with uh, UBS and key uh, in that whole time period. Okay, so, so you t take, take your, your UD player background um, your coaching experience, your engineering experience, and then how does that come into play with what you're doing now? Well, I, I just was pretty decent with numbers, and uh, so they, they came easy to me uh, for the most part. And uh, going into the financial services uh, world with uh, financial planning and numbers and everything, it, it, it was a kind of an easy thing. Thing to transition over to. I actually kind of came to the realization maybe engineering wasn't the, the excitement that I was looking for. Uh, so the, uh, the financial services uh, has worked out you know, quite well for me. Uh, the, the, the lessons learned the team, uh, from teammates, the camaraderie, um, what's that meant to you um, as a financial services, as a husband, as a father? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I tell you what, I've coached my fair share of AAU basketball games and CYO basketball games over the, the many years. Of course, I, I have four kids, uh, three daughters, and uh, my son is uh, the youngest. Uh, my son has actually gotten – he's a college basketball coach at Hiram College, which is a little bit south of uh, Cleveland. Uh, they're in the, the NCAC league with uh, Wittenberg, Ohio Wesleyan, um, Wooster. Uh, so he's trying to kind of figure his way out maybe towards college basketball coaching. But uh, I, I think the five grand a year that he's making uh, might have some question marks for him as well. But, I, uh, I can still remember <laughs> Kevin uh, and you and, and, and my son, Alex, yeah. we, with the same father-son. Yeah, we were. Uh, Brian Gregory, father-son basketball camp so together. Fun. That was awesome. That was so much fun. The yeah. kids had a lot of fun. And yeah. Boy, was I sore. <laughs> <laughs> there were more dads pulling up with ham, oh, hamstring gosh. pulls and, uh, you know, by that final day, we're like, go ahead, guys. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll hang out over here. But, uh, no, those are some, some great times. The, you know, the three daughters, I got two daughters that are married. Um, one daughter is not, uh, one daughter's a second grade teacher in Miamisburg. She's been teaching there for five years. Another daughter that lives down in uh, uh, Norwood, uh, the Cincinnati area. Another daughter that lives out in the San Francisco area, and she's married as well. But, uh, but yeah, we're empty nesters now, and uh, it's been a, a lot of fun to go to all the Flyer games, and uh, we, we go to a lot of the Reds games, too. I, I wasn't growing up a Reds fan, but my wife has moved me over to be a Reds fan, so uh, it's, it's, I've been brainwashed there. I know. Hey. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm falling apart on ha you. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> 
We all know how that works. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the team thing. So, yeah, I, I am part of a team at uh, UBS Financial Services. I have uh, three other partners. Uh, our group is Intergen Wealth Management and uh, great guys. Um, you know, UD Connections uh, there as well. And, and, you know, being a part of a basketball team and, and being a team player, it really helps in the business world, too, to have a team and have, uh, you know, people that work with you and, and for you and uh, trying to keep everybody going the right direction. So uh, it, it, it's definitely been a, a big plus for me. You, obviously, you stay in touch with your former teammates because mm -hmm. many of them are still here in the area. Right, right, yeah. Uh, uh, Ed Young, see him every once in a while. Uh, actually, my nephew, my brother's uh, son, played for Damon uh, for a little bit at Capitol. So see Damon uh, every once in a while. Uh, my, my roommate and good friend, Jim Shields, um, see, still see him all the time. We go out to dinner every once in a while. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, been fun. Uh, my dad and uh, everybody, all my family still up in northwest Ohio. Um, my, my dad obviously was a basketball coach for 30 years for this, in the high school basketball. My younger brother is a principal at Perrysburg Middle School right off I-75. Probably a lot of people go right by it if they're going up to Detroit. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he, he was coaching, and when he got an administration, he got out of coaching. Um, but his son uh, went to Toledo St. John's. He played at Toledo St. John's. Okay. And actually, he was a teammate of Vince Williams. Uh -huh. Him and Vince are best friends. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were texting the other night when Vince wasn't playing. Uh, Vince was a very close to coming to UD. Yeah, Vince, I know. That, he was... that, if there would have been a scholarship available, I think Vince would have been a flyer. And there have been a lot of happy people in, in northwest Ohio that he was a flyer. Well, Brian Roberts, of course, came out of that, oh, that he's same a great, high school. Yeah, Toledo St. Yeah, great all-boys school there in Toledo. You still play? Uh, was it? Is it uh, uh, Kettering Y? The, <laughs> yeah, uh, the early yeah, game, yeah. Well, like six thirty in the morning well, or something we're like starting that. At, we're starting at five a.m. I think we're going to have to go to the board to get that change. Yeah, we started at five. Get up about four twenty-five a.m. We get over there by five a.m. We, I, and I'm I, quite frankly, I'm a bad basketball player anymore. But uh, I had my hip replaced, and I'm trying to get through that. But, uh, but yeah, it's a great group of guys. We've been doing it for twenty some odd years, and. Uh, we're clearly not there to hurt each other. We're there for the exercise and the camaraderie and, um, you know, get off, get, get, get back to work and not uh, you know, get injured in the whole process. So we've done that three days a week. We do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday over at the, 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 the Y and Kettering on Marshall. So I don't make it three days a week anymore. I was pretty good at doing it for three days. Uh, I tell you, if I start dozing off here, just give me a little nudge because <laughs> you're getting past my bedtime. <laughs> Uh, okay, when you uh, and, and not so much to analyze this year's team, but w when you look at college basketball today and, and you look at the game that you played, um, what 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 do you like and not like about today's game? I tell you, it's changed from the amount of ball screens. If you would go back and look in in the early '80s and the later '80s, um, there weren't as many ball screens. There's just so much uh, guys that can handle the ball. And, you know, it, we really had the more traditional, you know, you down screens, you post, you kick into the post, you got three options, you go to the hole, you fade to the corner, you go to the elbow. So, you know, that's, you don't see that uh, much anymore. Everything is play-oriented because you've got to get into a play. There's only 30 seconds on the shot clock, so there's a lot more sets. Um, Anthony runs more of a continuity type offense with high ball screens. Uh, he does have I, – I do think Anthony's perfected – yeah, you know, he he's got a lot of good plays, and I think he picked that up from Billy Donovan there in the NBA. I think he was just a great experience for him to see. You know, when you have a 24 second shot clock, there is a lot of really set plays, and then after a play breaks down, you got to make a basketball play. 
And um, so you just see a lot more six, seven, six, eight guys, you know, bringing the ball down the court uh, or coming off a ball screen or uh, in, in a high screen and roll. Uh, you wouldn't ever saw that uh, back in the 80s. Well, Dan, we appreciate you spending time with us tonight, and uh, you know, always glad to to, to catch up and visit. Because yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, the friendships uh, that that were formed. Uh, I continue. think we both started at the same time. I don't know what yeah, year you I started. Might, I, I, I might have had a year on you. Yeah. I might have was there. Really? I was there I, my okay. first year was eighty two, eighty three. So I had okay. a year on you. Yeah, so I was 83, 84. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So thank you for having me. Oh, our, my pleasure, my pleasure, and uh, the pleasure for the, our listeners. I think they enjoyed it as well. So Dan Christie, 83 through 87, Class 87 uh, Flyer, uh, joining us here tonight on the Anthony Grant Show. Again, we got two games this week at home, folks. Wednesday, Duquesne, 7 o'clock, and then on Saturday at 2 against George Washington. No show next week because Dayton will be playing at Rhode Island a week from tonight at 9 o'clock. We've got a big week ahead. Have a great week, everyone. On behalf of the coach, Anthony Grant, our engineer producer, Parker Testa, and former Flyer Dan Christie, I'm Larry Hanskin. So long, everyone. Go Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk.